Troubled Nation. Welcome to the Troubled Men podcast. I'm Renee Coleman, sitting here with my co-host, the next mayor of New Orleans, the original Troubled Man for Troubled Times, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I'm your huckleberry. I'm your huckleberry right here. How are you, Renee? I'm good. I'm good. It's With all this uh, background noise, it was hard for me to spit that out right yeah. there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit of a struggle. Well, Nation, we're back here, as always, on a Thursday night at the famous Ring Room here in downtown New Orleans. Um, and tonight, uh, I, I knew it was happening, but I didn't think it was going to be that crazy. They're having their uh, wine tasting night. Boy, I tell you what, man. They really yeah. came out of the woodwork for yeah, it. Yeah, well, you, you know, a couple, about a month ago, they had like the scotch tasting. Right. They had like a rum tasting. Mm-hmm. And those were like dead evenings. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the wine, I guess, you know, people like their wine. You know, I, I don't yeah. know. I'm a, I, 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 I like my wine. Sure, it's fine. Yeah. I don't like it this much. No, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous, man. Well, you know. No, good, good for them. Good for yeah, them. Yeah, good glad, for them. Glad to see the, good for the, the bartenders who sometimes sit here for hours with no, not a customer Just inside. waiting on us. Yeah, well, waiting on us. I like it like that, yeah, that yeah. you know, when we feel well, like we have yeah, our own personal well, bartender. Right, yeah, but I, I'm not tipping that big, you know. I can barely hear myself think here. Well... But that's okay. That's, that's okay. okay. Yeah, no. I, I, I like the I like the change well, of it pace. It could be worse. You know? We could be at a bowling alley, right? Oh now. yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> With a samba class going on. That's right. With you playing know. music. Yeah, yeah. We've we've seen how that worked out. Did that, not, not too well. That never aired. That no, show, no, no. That was unusable. Yeah, that was unusable. <laughs> For I thought, so many yeah. reasons. For so many reasons. So what's going on with you, man? Oh uh, well, uh, you know, I actually just came off of the holiest day on the the Jewish calendar. Suckock? Yes. <laughs> no. Is that Suckock? No, it's Yom Kippur. Oh, man. okay. What's Suckock in the Jewish house? Sukkot. Oh, Sukkot. Sukkot is oh. like the, the in, 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 they call it the festival of booths in, oh. uh, in Catholicism. It's oh. basically the same. It's like the harvest festival where you go out and a, a sukkah is it's a, it's like a, a makeshift uh, covering. You know, it's like a something you would sleep in out in the field when you're harvesting all the time. It's like a little. The little shack that you'd build. That's a, okay. That's a yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, so where I work on campus, the kids they put out the suckcock uh, little uh, thing. The sucker, yeah. Yeah. Stop little, saying it like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I I walk up to them sometimes and I say, uh, "What's this all about?" Right, you know, right. They don't know. Building, they don't be, know. Either. They're building a shed out of branches right, and right, twigs. Right. And yeah, well, you have to build it so that you can see the stars through the ceiling. It's uh, yeah. a certain. So, all right. So anyway, you, so it wasn't Sukkot yesterday. It was in fact. Uh, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the holiest day on the calendar, the day when we're we're asked to afflict our souls. We're asked to uh, we we fast from sundown on the the beginning of the of the holiday until uh, right. until you see the first stars the next night, which winds up being about twenty six hours of a complete fast. So, so do you fast it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's food and water. You fast? You don't drink any water? Yeah, yeah no water for nothing. For 20, no. Well, yeah, chapstick at least. Or well, something. you put chapstick on, I guess. Sure, you know, as long as you, as long as you don't eat it. <laughs> but, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's 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 quite something. So I'll tell you, you what. I'll tell you the interesting thing, man. After a fast like that, man, the booze really hits you. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure, man. Yeah, really yeah. I've been to rehab, yeah, yeah. and I've relapsed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, well, how but that you is. get that dehydrated, yeah. you know, and that, yeah. that weakened condition. All right, so this is a day of atonement. Is, is it? Is this like the Catholics go to confession? You know, is, you well, know, yeah, it's for the it, whole year, though. Yeah, you know? it's it's, the, it's so the, you do it all one, one year. Yeah, yeah all, of going all once one day. A week. Oh, well, well, it's all in one day. Of, you know, so you, uh, 
it's it's the end of the high holiday. So Rosh Hashanah begins. It's the opening of the books. You know, God's looking at the book of life, reviewing everybody's, uh, you know, fate. Okay. And then it's closed on, on Yom Kippur. Um, and then, yeah, it's closed, and then you start all over again. Sure, right? why yeah. not? That's okay. so, yeah, so I got a clean slate. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm raring to go, Manny. Yeah. Okay. Raring to go. I always thought sin was a trick on the poor, but that's a whole other story. Sure. Well, yeah. it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Well, so, uh, I don't know. Anything else before we introduce our first guest? Um, our only guest? <laughs> first and well, last yeah, guest tonight? Yeah, our only guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we'll get to it. I, I'm having sod delivered tomorrow to my sod. Home. Okay. Yeah. I, I, first time in my life, I can actually say that I'm having sod delivered to my house, or you know, anywhere I've lived. I've never said those words, that sentence before in my life, because sure. you know, because we've done the addition as a nation. Uh, right. Right. So now. You know, the wife is like, well, we've the backyard is like, you know, it's like a landfill practically. I mean, they cleared out as much as they could. So now, this past weekend, we uh, we tilled, tilled. Oh wow! You know, we tilled the the, the soil. Did you do it? Well, I I picked up the machine off the car and let my wife do it because she wanted to do it. Wow. But that she looked. It was. It, she, My wife it looked, has that same idea, but I, it just seems. It looks so painful watching her. Yeah, it looks terrible. It looked, it, you know what she looked like? And I, I, she looked like those old footage of you saw like uh, people plowing the fields with a with a donkey, like in the in. Dust Bowl. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Like grapes of wrath, sort of. Yeah, you know, and it was so fucking hot. So hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we had to do it. We have to do it now. Okay. Apparently, that's it. Well, maybe so, she could come over this weekend and do my house. <laughs> no, I, I think she's, she's done. She's checked out on no, the equipment, yeah, yeah. right? So. Well, no, it's all been returned, you know, and okay, all that well, kind of stuff. Okay, well, I could run it again. She made <laughs> you just come over and run it for me. Well, she could give you a tutorial now, okay, I guess. Well. But, you know, so now that's, we're doing the sodding. It's being delivered tomorrow, and on Saturday, we're gonna, I'm actually going gonna, gonna to be a, a true Mexican and, 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 and be in the farm. I'm going to be farming grass. I'm going to be planting nice. it down and nice. stuff. And watering it and, and hoping that I have a green thumb. Yeah, well, you're Mexican. Of course yeah, you do. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It should work out, I, I guess. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, enough of that. It's such a... It's, I don't care. So mundane. I don't know. No, it's good. It's, it's, uh, you I'd know, rather you, just cement the whole thing. But yeah, you just pave, pave it all. And build a roller coaster. Yeah, or you uh, could build like a... You know, you're a Southern California boy. Build like a, a big skateboard... Yeah, a ram. Yeah, yeah. Some or a pot farm. See, sure. Or uh, a meth lab. You can't do all these things. You're gonna have to pick. Or a one. casino. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to pick one of these. But or you know. a salon. A salon, sure. <laughs> or uh, anyway, uh, I can go on and on about yeah. this. But start a little uh, backyard barbershop. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, let's let's get to our guest. Let's. There he is. So, uh, I've known our guest for a long time. He's, uh, you know. Heretofore, all of the people appearing on the show have been recipients of Catholic education, Catholic religious education as a child. I think you may be the first exception to that. He's, uh, he's uh, multi-talented. He has more than a hint of larceny. That's one thing I really love about him. <laughs> but uh, he's a former bartender. He's a musician. Uh, played in bands with him. He uh, works in the medical field. Uh, he is Mr. Steve Spitz. 
Steve. Welcome, Welcome Steve. Steve. Great to be with you, Troubled Nation. Yes. Uh-oh. Yes. I'm certainly no less troubled than any of you. Let me tell you that to start <laughs> yeah. off with. <laughs> no, I can vouch for that. I'm as troubled as they come. Yes. Good, yes, good. Yes. Well, well the troubled is welcome. We're, the, the trouble so, is always welcome. Yeah, so Steve is, was, uh, was, is Jewish by birth. So Steve knows all about what I'm talking about. That's correct. I didn't have the uh, Catholic school education that so many New Orleanians seem to have. So but you didn't get felt up by a priest, is what you're saying? Well, I mean, it's not too late. Yeah, no, that's, 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 <laughs> I like the optimism, man. It's definitely not. There might be a few here tonight. <laughs> hey, make, make a goal. I had yeah. a, uh, a public school education. Right. So not much uh, religious uh, in the institution. But my folks were what you call gastronomic Jews. Uh, and I guess that means they didn't go to temple too much, but they liked bagels and other yes, Jewish you're, you're foods. You're culturally and, Jewish. You have a Jewish name. You look Jewish. Um, well, I can, can can complain with the best of them. I know that much, <laughs> which I think is uh, you know one of the it's leading, a cultural thing. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Well, that's that's probably the uh, the Yom Kippur Foundation. Yeah. you go without. You know, am I hungry? Hey. <laughs> I was so thirsty, so thirsty. Not not even a drink I've had all day. So was finally, Kapoor again? Yeah, right, right. And finally, Renee gets his drink and his meal, and he says, "I, I was so hungry. I was I thirsty." So I guess what I'm trying to say is, nobody can complain like the chosen people. Yeah, well, you know, I, I guess since I'm a convert, you know, I, I, I don't really complain that much. You know, it's, uh, uh, I mean, I, I complain a certain amount, but it's not, not because of that. Uh, I, that's a, a time I would choose not to complain because I figure I know it's coming. I know it'll be over. You know, what's the use of complaining? Well, we are troubled men. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a troubled nation. I love to complain. I, I complain constantly. Well, yeah. You know, it's... Uh, I think you it's, know, it's uh, good, actually, for, you know... It, it lets off some steam, right? It's, yeah. it's a release valve. And I'm one of those, like, uh, really angry drivers, too. I know. Yeah, it's come up before. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm a really angry driver. And I don't know if that has to do with... I, I just... It's complaining or anything like that, but I just look at... Like, I'm driving my kid to school this morning, and I'm just sitting there going... Really? Really? Is this what you're going to do now? Now you put your fucking signal on? <laughs> and she looks at me like I'm fucking insane, you know? Oh, but I want those memories. That she, I want her to have those memories. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. how dad was, you know? Yeah. After you're gone, she'll yeah. have these precious memories. When of, she has kids, she'll say, God, you're so much like your grandfather. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a temper, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I actually wrote something down, like, just... You know, a characterization of the podcast. I said, well, first I was saying, you know, Trouble Men Podcast, creating an unsafe space. Yeah. I said, you know, if you if you can't laugh at your troubles, we can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I will fucking yeah, rip yeah. you to shreds yeah, yeah. with your troubles if you can't laugh at your own. But, uh... Oh, you know, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to ask a little background. So you're born and raised here? Actually, I spent my Wonder Bread years in Kansas. Oh, okay. oh God, really? <laughs> yeah, pretty wholesome, I know. And then uh, <laughs> high school in Texas. Can you imagine the, com- the Jewish complaining in Kansas? Oh. Oh, look at that corn grow. Wait, now. Look uh, at the wheat. Yeah, yeah. The wheat. You want wheat? I'll show you wheat. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Your father was a Holocaust survivor, correct? That is correct, yes. So then, so then after he got out of the display, place persons camp they said where in the in america do you want to go do you want to go to like to new york 
or uh, you want to go to Miami? He said, I want to go somewhere where there's no Jews. Interestingly <laughs> enough, yes. That, <laughs> That's was, what he that said. was his response. He wanted uh, <laughs> to assimilate you know, yes. with regular society. You know, that was and, a lot of people's uh, reaction to the Holocaust. You know, either some people right. got super deep into it, and other people were like, no, no, this, I'm good. Yeah. So, do you think maybe it's because if you go to a place where there's no Jews, there's not going to be someone in Kansas going, we've got to get rid of the Jews? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Is that it? I think that he just wanted to uh, have a, a normal American life yep. and have it be free of any religious history, right. uh, ideology. I you know, find that so fascinating. And uh, wanted a, as fresh a start as possible. Right. Well, it's, that's totally understandable. So did he yeah. meet his wife here in America? or He back? did meet his wife here in America. Okay. So yes. In New York City. Oh, in, oh, okay. So he did hang that, in that's New York. That's your mom, you mean? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. your mom. <laughs> My dear mother, yes. Yeah. May, may God rest her soul. <laughs> yeah, she was a hoot. My mother, uh, she had a, a, a pretty wild sense of humor. And, well, uh, you better if you're a Jew. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> you better. In you fact, know? she was so entertaining that most of the other children weren't allowed to play at our house. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So she was, uh, she was pretty entertaining. I remember at, at one point. Tell me one story at least. Yeah. Well, we had this pool party and okay. uh, made all the kids show up, you know, with the beach. But you didn't have a pool. Bingo. Yeah. And we, we were hoping to get a pool someday. I mean, we didn't even, we didn't even have a sprinkler yeah. you know, uh, on in the backyard. Uh, but, uh, we were Jews wandering the desert, right? Uh, Man, it, it was really weird. And then she, uh, her parents were, I think, uh, Russian immigrants or something. My grandfather was this criminal. He was on the forefront of credit card fraud oh. in the early 60s. Uh, I guess it was a cat and mouse game. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't be prouder. Man after my own heart, yeah. Yeah, so we were like I basically... Told you had a hint of, yeah. More than a hint of larceny. Yeah. yeah, so half the year, most of the time, we seemed like we were kind of broke and, you know, they'd be turning off the electricity seriously. And then we would go on these lavish vacations uh, to Hawaii and Las Vegas oh. and all these spots. And, you know, I was like five, six, seven. I didn't really know or understand. Couldn't really figure uh, out the uh, pattern. You know, there. I didn't really mind. Right. Uh, but, you know, we'd be checking into a hotel and the, the, the clerk at the desk would go, okay, Mr. McGillicuddy, uh, <laughs> we have six luxury suites here. And I, I would kind of walk up and go, McGillicuddy, I thought our name was, and somebody would grab me by the back of the collar and yank me back, you know, and re- realizing I was about to... You're McGillicuddy! Yeah, and be proud of it! Yeah. <laughs> but, but he was a true New Yorker also in, in every way. He uh, drove a, a big Cadillac and always had a big old wad of money, enough to, you know, choke a horse uh, at any time, and uh, he, he was blind, eventually, and kept on driving oh, uh, with diabetes until he... Uh, killed off grandma in a car accident oh my god but uh i remember being in new york city driving around with him and he got pulled over by the cops because apparently he was uh driving Wanted. by mr magoo no? uh, yeah fortunately no background check that's another story altogether yeah. so the cop approaches the car and before the cop can say one word my grandpa says to the cop hey mac you like bags you got a wife and in about 10 seconds, they're at the back of the caddy, the trunk's open, <laughs> and the cop is getting his, he's getting loaded up on ladies' handbags of various uh, values and yeah. walking away with his booty and leaving 
Mr. Magoo to drive off <laughs> into traffic, you know, a, a very much welcome to New York moment. Wow, man, yeah. That's like, that's like I remember one time when, um, uh, when I was doing a lot of drugs right. back in the early 90s. And oh, I, I just thought had, you were going to say last week. No, last oh, okay. week. Well, uh, a lot. I did some last week, not yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. But, um, no, it reminds me of that time where it was straight out of the movies where... You know, I'm fucking broke, living in my car, and I'm I see a, I'm sleeping in my car, and I see a truck turn the corner kind of wildly, and like four cases of cigarettes drop out of oh, it. Oh wow! So bingo, I'm in business. Right, it's like right, Goodfellas right. selling cigarettes out of the trunk of the car. Yeah, right. You know, so every fucking junkie I knew, every dealer I knew, smoked. Right, sure. So it's like, hey, carton of camels. Yeah, man. What do you get for it? But anyway, I digress. But. So, uh, I rem- you know, it's so funny you said that you never had a pool. No. Because one of my, my very first apartment as a young guy uh, was, right, was in the same building as one of my best friends. And he lived with his mom, who was a Romanian Jew, was in the Holocaust, had the her numbers, I remember that. And we would always do that, too, because they, they, they lived in the big apartment, the big, big apartment, and had a like, nice little yard. So, and we would always say that to girls. We'd say, come on over swimming, girls. We're going to have my mom's making food and all this kind of stuff. And we would have one of those like kiddie pools, like two inches deep, you know? <laughs> two inches. Here's the pool. And they'd come over in their bikinis and all that, you know, and their towels yeah, man, and their lotion. Yeah. And we'd do the same thing to them. There was no fucking pool, man. We just wanted to get over here and have fun, you know? Yeah, it's amazing with uh, such an unconventional childhood that you've turned out so well-adjusted. <laughs> And same to you, my yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was hoping the gene would skip a generation. No, no, no. Uh, that gene doesn't, I don't think. The ball gene and all that shit, that skips generations. But I think the, the fucked up gene never... The, the larceny never, just yeah, carries this yeah, straight, yeah, yeah, straight yeah, line. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The fuck you pay me kind of thing never, <laughs> never, never, never skips. <laughs> you know. Um, oh, man. Well, you know what uh, Yom Kippur also reminds me of is that it's the day that uh, we lost Kelly Keller. Oh, that's true. So it's not the day on the Gregorian calendar. It's the day on the Hebrew calendar. Because I remember I turned my phone back on after Yom Kippur, and the first message I had was from Alex McMurray saying, Renee, I've got some bad news. And that's what it was. So every, every Yom Kippur, you know, it's... I mean, I think of Kelly more often than that, but for sure, it's, she's always in my mind. So, uh. Right, yeah. And for people who don't know out there, the nation, Kelly Keller was uh, one of the owners of the Circle Bar, where I lived at for about three years. And she was just also just a really great gal. And you probably have a story about her. I do indeed. Yeah, well, let's hear it. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I remember her well, and uh, I remember that through a lot of our time together, she was uh, at times distant and a little bit aloof. And I'm not sure, sure, you know, exactly what that was about. And I, to, to my best of my recollection, I was never, you know, more inappropriate than usual uh, around her. Right. Uh, and one night I'm playing a gig at the Circle Bar. And she was in the crowd and I, I was playing the pedal steel. And for whatever reason, uh, she came up to me and spoke in my ear. And she goes, man, that sounds so beautiful. That's uh, really amazing. Yeah. And it was such a random kind moment yeah uh, but particularly since uh you know we had never really uh connected more than on a casual kind of conversation right. Right. here and there but you felt like we we, we connected you know yeah, yeah. she was a good soul it was just yeah. so sweet 
Yeah, Kelly's, you know, a very sincere person, man. And, and, you know, I always say, like, if Kelly were here, we'd be having between 40 and 70% more fun than we're having. Not that we're not having a lot of fun, but, you know, she was just... Well, yeah. I was, she was my landlady, so there was, there, was a little, there was times where it was just like, you know... But, you know, she would always say, well, what do you want for the amount you're paying, you know, basically? She would say that, because it was a dump. I mean, everyone in the apartments up there, they were dumps, you know. But the fun, fondest memory I have of her is, for some reason... Some young couple contacted her and wanted to have their redi- wedding reception at the Circle Bar. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, they wanted to have... <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. I have no idea what they were thinking. <laughs> and it turns out that they were... Um, and the place was packed. And there was dancing going on. There was dancing in the front of the bar in the little room and all that. And it's like a German uh, couple. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're doing little folk polkas oh, and all Jesus. that kind of stuff. All right. uh, and I dance. walk down and, and everyone's invited because they really can't control who comes into the bar. Sure. It, it, there's no doorman yeah, or anything saying, yeah. Saying, yeah, this, saying this is a private reception. Right. So I walk down there to get a cocktail and there's like people just dancing going crazy and I see Kelly and Kelly's having fun. I said, what the hell's going on here? And she goes, oh, this is a wedding reception. They, they, they booked the whole room for the next five hours. They're just going to party. I said, I said, well, the bar, I said, the bar's open. Have a drink. And then, and then all of a sudden they stop and all these speeches start. These like speeches, you know, the best right, man's going to sure, speak. Sure. All this kind of stuff. And I must have had one too many or just one. <laughs> you decided you, you yeah, had something to, yeah. to contribute. Well, first time for everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I look, I, I go over to Kelly. I just, she's right next to me. I go, uh-huh. I give it three years and everyone hears me. Um, oh <laughs> and Kelly does not stop laughing. Oh, that was the brilliant the oh, beauty Jesus. of her. She goes, she couldn't stop. Like, right. I give it three years. You right. know, and she's, boom. And oh, I was on, I was like, okay, I'm going back upstairs. Oh, you know, man. good night. Thank you. Oh, I could see her just like, Almost in tears, laughing. <laughs> yeah, she was. Uh, she was really sweet. Yeah, it seems like the ones you wanted, I never do. I know. You know, I was thinking. I actually did a little calculus, and I won't say the person's name, but I said I would give five of that person for one of Kelly yeah, Keller. Yeah, exactly. All right, so buddy, Steve here. So Renee told me you play with some certain bands in town. I, have I seen any of these bands? Well, guilty as charged. Uh, you know. Mostly, you said you worked at Tipitina's, too? I did, in fact. I was a bartender for quite a while at Tipitina's. The world's famous Tipitina's here in I New Orleans. I was yes. so obnoxious. <laughs> uh, you know, people would drop... And you made the most tips, I bet. I, I did pretty well, yeah. you know, uh, but people would drop it's subtle that hints, comes you know, in like, uh, <laughs> yeah. hey, I need to be controlling the cash, you know. <laughs> to, to this day, I think somebody, I'm afraid somebody will come up to me and say, yeah. I remember you. Yeah. Yeah. Where do I know you from? I, I invented this concept, and I take a great deal of pride in this. It was called the penalty box, and I invented it at Tipitina's. Thank you. Uh, okay. And we would, I would assign somebody to be in the penalty box. And this poor bastard, uh, he could not get a drink for the rest of the night. You know, you've just st- stood in line, you know, in 100-degree heat. You know, to see the the band that you've been waiting for months to see. And this really is going to be your up night to see them. Yeah, right, right. This yeah. is your time, and you've been put in the penalty box. <laughs> really? Sometimes it was because of some sort of uh, violation on your part, <laughs> and sometimes it would be totally random and without reason, just for my own amusement. <laughs> it's arbitrary. Yeah, right. and at one point, I would get those orange parking cones and actually put them 
on the bar as a subtle hint on each side of the guy in the penalty box. And at Tipitina's, there were telephones behind the bar. So you could call the other bar you know, from <laughs> Napoleon to General Pershing. Okay, guy in the red shirt with the uh, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys hat, he's in the box. You know? And that poor bastard, he could move from bar to bar. He was invisible. And uh, oh, Jesus. His, his life was just made miserable. I, I'm not proud of it, but... Uh, <laughs> well, kind How of you are. How long ago was this? You so are proud of it. <laughs> well, you yeah, know, you seem uh, really proud yeah. of it. It was during one <laughs> of my many career dilemmas okay. uh, that I had. Uh, I kind of stayed too long at the bartending party thing. Uh, yeah. You know, it was... Uh, what you was, stayed so long, you, you were put in the box, right? Pretty much. I yeah. should have been in the penalty box. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, at the end there, uh, I was really ready to get out of the business. And I felt that everybody who approached me at the bar, they were the reason that I wasn't getting on with my life. (laughs) So I was drinking just a fair amount and uh, trying to take my misery out on the rest of the world. And eventually I realized that may not be a healthy way to go through life. Okay, well, that's pretty mature of you, Steve. Yeah, you know, 10 years later, I finally... It took about 10 years for you to realize that, I I stayed at the party too long. Yeah, well, who uh, doesn't? I had multiple career dilemmas. And, you know, I've learned that I'm in a constant state of career dilemma. It never goes away. But I I did do some career testing at one point. Really? Where did you do that? Uh, some Scientology? Guy, uh, no, that would have been a step up from this guy. <laughs> okay. This yeah. guy was on the staff of Loyola or Tulane or something. Right, right. And uh, I paid him like 160 bucks and did wow. a bunch of tests. And uh, they said, <laughs> well... You know, You're they, pregnant. You're yeah. <laughs> they said, avoid the military and the clergy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, no problem. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So I scored record high on leadership, and I scored yes. all-time low on direction setting so i was going to be the guy for a living that says, come on everybody follow me uh, it's uh this no it's that way or this way i don't know but just follow me yeah. and uh that's what the testing revealed right so that really was of no help to you ultimately. zero, <laughs> zero yeah. what's this test called uh career aptitude okay yeah they All would right. ask you a series of questions and no. Blah, 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 and come up with this magic formula. You know, that would be actually be a really funny bit for the show, you know, if, like, you and I were to take the career yeah, attitude yeah, test, because I, I don't know it. what I'm, I'm, you know, I'm playing music because I happen to be good at it, but I don't know, maybe I should be doing something else. I, well, that, that's, that's what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is I feel that I'm in a constant state of career dilemma. Yeah. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah, you know, several times in my life I thought, uh, I, I, I should figure out something good to do. My wife just will not let me stop playing music. Music. That's it's it's the opposite. Because it gets you out of the house. She wants you out of the house. Yeah, well, yeah, of the house. yeah well, that's fine. I, I get that. Uh, it's, I'm a lot. I'm I'm a, I'm a bit of a handful. I was selling her today. I was like, you know, somebody said, uh, oh, actually, I I I've secured a spot on the It's New Orleans uh, podcast, so I'm I've been booked. And they said, oh, they the, said, send me a short bio. So I wrote a short bio. Uh huh. And the guy at the end of it, I say, sorry if this was too much. She goes, my wife goes, yeah, keep that right up by your mouth. So I like when, when people, when I hear people breathing or laughing, you know, so we, we don't want to lose the laughter. Steve. It's like him in bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I was about to get into a whole yeah, the area, whole bio but. thing, uh, you know, it, it, it can be ugly. Uh, for me, 
I'm in two different professions. Right. I'm probably failing, you know, simultaneously at both of them. But uh, so I play music at night, and at night they say, don't quit your day job. Uh-huh. You know, and then my, during my day job in surgery, they're like, yeah. Don't quit your night job. You know, so. <laughs> I'm now, still still searching. Okay, so you brought up the, the the day job. I'm fascinated by your day job. So so in the so after bartending and realizing you'd played the bartending game out, then you decided to go into uh, the medical field. <laughs> yes, uh, that's true. You put that's, them in a box and then you so perform surgery on that, them. That's now. that's not a shift that a lot of people make. You know, it's like, well, you know uh, what I I had done was back in the day there were classified ads in the paper right uh, help wanted yeah, oh, i thought you were gonna say like uh <laughs> i don't know back page well, you know. Single right, right. Hey, i was told there'd be no background check on this yeah. uh, on this show but uh anyways i got into this program as a surgery tech because it was the shortest program right i found myself in like, you're no dummy uh, ter- well guilty yeah <laughs> so there's nothing cool about being 30 something and having a kid and you know you have no insurance and you know yeah. you're, you're driving well, there's a, something cool about it but it's yeah, not the kid didn't not, think it was cool yeah. hey daddy's an artist you know? <laughs> that's why we don't have health insurance son now start pushing that car uh, exactly <laughs> i was driving this car that had no reverse it had the flintstone reverse you know where you had to open the door and use your heel i had i had traded a dozen boiled crabs for this car and uh i had a series of fairly spartan rides and my kid as a toddler always referred to dad's car as the crazy car <laughs> and uh, he was fairly accurate but but yeah at a point in my life i had painted myself into a corner and i needed a real gig so i became a surgery tech that's the guy that passes the knife when the surgeon says scalpel right right and then i was important, able to important yeah, 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 it's yeah, a, yeah it's a gig yeah, yeah. and i parlayed that into becoming a surgeon's first assistant so now you're receiving the tools and helping with the operation. Okay. One, then, cl- one step closer to actually uh, uh, cutting. Yeah. It's, uh, you might, you might, is this uh, sleeping my way to the top there, uh, <laughs> yeah. man, You know, uh, I'm not proud of it, but... And what, uh, go, tell me the hospital after the show, because I'll never go there. Okay, yeah, no, no, no problem. <laughs> and, and then after that, I uh, was able to brown-nose my way into, instead of inserting the devices, <laughs> now I'm selling the device. Yeah, you're, uh, you're in the money end of it. Well, you know... Yeah, what's a guy going to do? So, yeah, the irony is that after all this bohemian lifestyle, I work for one of the largest corporations in the world. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, well, you know, don't we all, ultimately? It <laughs> feels like it. So, yeah. Nation, if, if get a hold of Steve if you need some instruments. That's yeah, yeah, he's got all the appliances. He's got, you know, yeah. he's got, he's, he's got some used stuff he could probably lay on you. Because, like, sometimes you open up a sterile package, and they don't need all the parts, right? You have a few, a few odds and ends left. That you'll over. charge for. Right, yeah. yeah. So, somebody could potentially, like, Frankenstein themselves. Well, yeah, like know, a, a nation. Go see the movie Dead Ringers and, and then contact yeah, Steve. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm out of a drink, man. I'm so You're thirsty. You're sucking it down, look, here's, man. Look, I just came off of a t- 26-hour fast. I'm so parched. You're weak, man. You're well, you a know, weak Renee, individual. Uh, I've always said you don't have to drink to have a good time, but I find you have to wash the pills down with something. <laughs> exactly. Right. exactly. Okay, we'll be right back. All right, nation, later. And we're back, Troubled Nation. Never let it be said that we're not plumbing the depths to find the most troubled talent to, uh, to, to, to bring to the airwaves. You know, there's a lot of people in New Orleans that, you know, have a, a sense that they're troubled. You know, I, I've, I've spent a career 
really, really, uh, you know, researching, really sp- putting in the time with the bar flies, putting in the, in the, in the time in the, with the g- degenerates to identify the, the primo degenerate talent. I, w- I didn't know what I had in mind. Well, that's very flattering. But, today, as we, you know, you're referring to me. I'm, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's why eight, eight months ago he came up to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I was looking around. I was like, who could it be? Ah. When I saw a man, I was like, <laughs> from across the bar, it all started to crystallize in my mind. It's like, okay, now I can see my destiny yeah. it's laying out before me. <laughs> so, uh, so glad to finally have you. And you were one of my first people that I, I wrote in my notebook because you're hilarious. You know, I used to be on the road with Steve Spitz, and I would sit behind them, and he would sit in the, the, the uh, shotgun seat of the van. I would uh-huh. sit right behind him. What band was this? This was the Backsliders, the first band that I ever played with Steve. Okay. And the Backsliders. It was like a jump blues band. Okay. Um, and Steve was playing regular six-string guitar at the time. But uh, Steve would have me giggling so nonstop that I would start to have like acid reflux, and I don't have that at all. There's just this constant giggling. So I learned to have a gallon of water in my lap, and I would just constantly take little sips to try to, you know, wash the acid back down that that Steve was causing me to bring up because he's cracking me up so hard, you know. Man, I, I remember those days. Uh, one thing I remember. They told us we were going on the road. What they right. didn't say was that meant the side of the road. <laughs> you know, they didn't tell us that. Uh, I mean, am I wrong? You no, know, you're right. And uh, I remember the very first time that oh. I went to pick up Renee at his house to take him on the road. And his lovely wife answered the door. And she kind of looked me uh, over, you know, up and down one time, <laughs> me and the drummer. And we were kind of like, hey, can Renee come out and play? Uh, you know, I, I felt like we were Wally and the Beeve. And we were, you know, we, we wanted to know if Eddie Haskell could come out and play, you know. And she looked us over up to down. And then she kind of rolled her eyes, you know. And she turns into the house and she goes, Renee. And I, she didn't say this, but it was kind of uh, felt like it. Like, you're good for nothing, no good, loser, blues musician friends are here to take you on your job. You know, uh, yeah. Well, I'm here with the kids, you know, right, right. paying the bills. Oh, no, she know. was happy. She was happy yeah. to have me, you know, living that, that star-studded lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, my wife, uh, at first... She always had this woe is me. I'm alone, you know, on New Year's. I'm right, alone right, on right. Jazz Fest, Mardi Gras, or right, whatever. Right, right, Saturday and then, night. Then one New Year's, I had two gigs, uh, you know, an early and a late one. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, brought home two paychecks. Right. And the next year, you know, had one New Year's gig. And she go, well, how many gigs you got? Oh, just one. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were a musician. <laughs> you know, it's like, think, so things So you'll be home changed. by midnight? Is right, right. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Well, you know, jobs are jobs. Speaking of jobs, I found something. You know, we're in the, we're in the, the hard, heavy start of the f- football season. Yes. College and the yes. NFL. Right. College started three weeks ago. It's actually, there's a game on tonight. Yep. NFL started two, there's a game on tonight. Right. But, and, and speaking of jobs and, and, and what kind of job and how you hate your job and all this kind of stuff, I found something this past weekend so amazing that and people are just giving this guy such grief about it okay but there's a, a a football player NFL player who plays for the Buffalo Bills his name is Davis right and the Buffalo Bills 
week one, they sucked. They got killed like 50 to nothing. Right. All right, so week two comes around, and they're at home, and they're playing another team. And by halftime, it's like 35 to nothing. <laughs> and this guy, who's actually been all pro at, right. in his career, he's like had a 10-year career. He's had a couple all yeah, pros. He's veteran. During halftime, he just says, I'm done. That's I'm not it. doing this anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm yeah. sorry. It's 30 to nothing. Yeah, uh, first guy to quit at halftime. Yeah, yeah he quit at halftime. You know the story I'm talking about? So yeah, Vontez yeah. perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's like, and I started thinking to myself, he was getting so much shit about it. I'm thinking to myself, how many people in their fucking mundane jobs want to do that? Want to just say, you know, punch in, like, you know, uh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not That's doing it. this. You know, and, and I just think this guy's brilliant for oh, doing yeah. this. No, I think he's a hero. Yeah, I yeah. think we all dream that every yeah, day. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, we dream that every day. And this guy, you know, he's got he's got a, a contract where he's probably got a, a few million in the bank. You know, so he can afford well, to retire. So, yeah, you know, he can go into the used car salesman business or whatever, yeah, or yeah, yeah. you know, or a temp, a temp. He could start a temp or job. Like, penitentiary. Yeah, right. knows, you know. So. <laughs> But I just thought it was so brilliant that this guy just said, eh, I'm done. Of course, yeah. having that ten, twenty million in the bank kind of makes it a little bit easier. Well, yeah, right, it does. Know? But Thanks then again... But I, I like his style. But yeah, there's yes. that old Larry David story when he was doing stand-up back in New York in the early 80s when he just walked and they go, ladies and gentlemen, Larry David. And he comes up there and he just looks at the audience and goes... Eh, he just walks away. <laughs> just wasn't feeling it tonight. Yeah, yeah. You, be, I, you people aren't uh, going to laugh. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't want to hear what I have yeah, to say. Yeah, you know, fuck it, I'm done. And so then, so then the next comic behind him has to fill his 15 right, minutes, right. you know. Takes a lot of courage, man. But so I thought that was really great. I thought that was really it, that this guy just said, eh, fuck it, man. I ain't doing this. I'm not going to get my head beat one more time. We're losing 30 to nothing. We lost 50 to nothing the week before. This season's going nowhere. You know, I can't be a part of this. Yeah, if it was Miami or New York, maybe San Francisco. But I'm in Buffalo. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's the upside? Right, yeah. What is the upside for that? It's only going to get colder. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, growing up in Texas, we had a saying about football. They took it pretty serious. And uh, No, really? I swear to you. <laughs> I did even, not know that. high school, the city would shut down. And there was a saying that in Texas, a queer was a guy who liked girls more than he liked football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, God. Well, that's, uh, that's crazy going nuts. Yep, so true. Yeah. So you're Steve, right? Is Guilty okay. as charged, right. yes, sir. So what else can you tell us about you? Renee, you have anything well, else yeah, about Yeah, I do. You know, actually, you know, pivoting off of the, uh, the medical idea, Steve's in the medical practice. You know, our, our uh, Trouble Men podcast staff physician came back with my blood test results. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, I yeah. Got, got the report because Steve doesn't, you know, uh, to catch you up, we have a, a staff physician and, and we just went through our requisite uh, physicals. Yes. We, the we share the same guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Trouble Men podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, so Manny came back with flying colors, as you might expect. You know, looking at him, he's well, a pristine... Clean uh, living has its rewards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a uh, uh, clean living and vitamin pills. It's my well, secret. Let me just say, that when, he, when he told me the results, I just kept saying, repeating the same word. Really? <laughs> hey, really? I'm as surprised as you are. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, so, so he, say, calls so what me, happened? he calls, calls me, we have the exact same conversation. He goes, you know, your good cholesterol is better than ever. 
Better than last year, yeah, too. Yeah, better yeah. than last year. Oh, yeah, God. I said, okay. Um, he goes, yeah, everything's, everything's great, man. I said, so what you're telling me is... Keep it up, Keep right? doing what I'm doing? <laughs> he goes, sure. I said, well, my Bartender. wife will be very disappointed to hear that. He goes, well, you got to disappoint somebody every day. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good one. You see, that's why we love this guy. That's why we keep him on staff. You well, know? So you've <laughs> disappointed your wife. First time for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> well. I know. She couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, so, I'm trying to well, keep my... Well, that's great. That, that's that is. Great. Yeah. yeah. So I got another year under, you know, another year ahead of us. Manny, at least one. Go ahead, Steve. Hi, I'm just saying uh, I'm trying to keep my... Uh, my wife and the lifestyle that she's accustomed to, you know, it's a it's a struggle at times. But fortunately, she was homeless when I met her. Uh, so at this point, you know, anything's kind of a step up, you know. She likes the backseat of the car. Absolutely. She's a, she's a good girl, though. I should I have to tell you, she's she's the mother of your children. Uh, I believe so. Yes. Uh, I mean, she's a poor judge of know. character. I'll tell you yeah. that. Like yeah. like most of my friends, yeah. she's a poor judge of character. But right. once you get past that, she's a saint. Oh, well, good. Oh, well, good. All right. Well, that's. Uh, uh, I wanted to talk about something also, Renee. While good. we have Steve here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's torture. Uh, torture. Remember, uh, I don't know, a few months ago, oh, yeah. your kid got back uh, from Europe, and she was in uh, some kind of camp. Right. Or yeah, she'd been held hostage by the Eastern hostage. European uh, uh, right. sex yeah. ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, she seemed uh, to have weathered it quite quite admirably, though. You know. Right. I mean, she. Yeah, I well, she comes Manny, from fine stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the first time that's happened to our family. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I work at the the big university here, right? And, and I just realized that. Apparently, I didn't notice this because I've been so busy and stuff with with uh, dealing with the incoming and outgoing of textbooks. Right. But there's a professor here at the university who's teaching a class on torture. Oh wow! Jeez. On torture. Is that is that, a, is that a ROTC sponsored uh, <laughs> no. operation or what? Uh, I, You're not I, sure if there's any government affiliation. It's a there. history class. Okay. It's a history. That's modern all I know. History. Yeah, modern history. No, you know, but there's books about you know the you know the uh, the the rack and all. But there's this yeah, one breaking book. on the wheel. But there's this one yeah. book because I was looking at these books when I had a few minutes, and there's like five books. But the one book that stood out the most was a book called Letters to My Torturer. Oh, Jesus. So I'm thinking to myself, well, what would that be like? Dear uh, Torturer, uh, last uh, night was bliss. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, the way you tortured me just seems so fun and all that. You know, I just started thinking of all these scenarios about right. a letter that you could write right. to your torturer. Right. It's like, you call that torture? <laughs> I'll <laughs> like, show you torture. I was in the Spanish Inquisition, motherfucker. This is nothing, you know. Show me some torture, you know. Right, right, right. And then what happened was is that we hire these seasonal workers, these student workers who work for, the, for Rush, uh, two you weeks. get them up from uh, Central America? Like migrant workers? No, we yeah, get yeah. them up from the freshman class who oh, don't gotcha. know better. Well, same difference. Who can't afford their books. Same difference. Yeah. Sure. And there's this one kid who, uh, I said, hey, man, how you doing? You a student here? He goes, no, I'm not a student here. I went to ULL, but last week they pulled me out of my dorm room in my underwear, no shirt, and took me away in cuffs. Oh, jeez. And I was like, oh, is there a downside? Well, my name's Manny. Yeah. <laughs> is there a downside? <laughs> so this kid's still working with us, too. Wow, and he's not in school. He's not in school. And then he starts to tell me, I go, so what, what part of the city are you from? He goes, I, I live over, uh, he says he lives over by Coliseum Park. Okay. But uh, I've been living nice there since. Area. I've been living there. Since, living in the park, though. Yeah, well, no, no. He, oh, okay. I thought that's what I thought, too. He goes, well, um, my mom, 
has not turned on the electricity since Katrina. We've wow. had no electricity, no running water, so I'm leaving. Sounds like you grew up with Steve. Yeah. <laughs> hey, nobody's perfect. Yeah. So anyway, I just, I just thought of Ava, and I thought of torture, and I thought of that. And that's all I got, really, on okay. that. Okay, well, that's, that's good. I like well, I hope it. he gets his electricity turned on. No, he moved out. Apparently, he's living in, you know, uh, uh, what's that uh, place by the river? Um, over by the Walmart that the police looted? Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. That's, that's same nice place. there now. Yeah. So, you know, so we lost Burt Reynolds in the, in the, since we had the podcast. He was my friend, Burt Reynolds. Yeah. He was a good guy, you know. He's, uh, he's kind of an icon of, of our generation, if you will. You know, I was... You know, you think about Burt Reynolds. He's really larger than life. You, you know, and, and my first memory is of him on the Johnny Carson show because, you know, he's a handsome guy, sex symbol, but he was so fucking funny on the Johnny Very Carson guy, show. Yes. Yeah. And because Carson loved his sense of humor and he was super dry and Carson would say stuff and, and like, uh, Burt Reynolds would always take like three extra beats and then kind of just turn and look at him. <laughs> the whole audience would break up, man. It's a, I don't know, it's a, it's a different age, man. It's a different kind of, well, everybody you know, was, we were all watching the same three channels. We all had a very similar no, I remember experience. Bert. Yeah, I remember Burt. I also, do you know that Burt Reynolds was the first choice to be R.P. McMurphy in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Really? Yeah. But uh, Saul Lentz. And Michael Douglas, who produced it, right. told Milos Foreman, uh, what about Jack? What about Jack? Jack would be perfect. This but Jack was, doing, Jack was doing last detail. Right. But then what happened was Milos was like going, I want Bert. I want Bert. You know, this Yugos, uh, whatever, Hungarian, whatever the fuck right. he's from. Um, and, and what happened was Bert decided to do like Smokey and the Bandit or something like that. Uh-huh, right. So it was like Jack got it. Wise choice. Yeah, Jack got it. Probably made know? a lot more money on yeah. Smoking the Bandit. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> being genius. But yeah. you know, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. was also uh, mentioned to be R.P. McMurphy, too. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that would have yeah. been, uh, been an interesting cast. Yeah, in there. yeah. Uh, I could lo- I Nurse would've... Ratchet, babe. Attica. Attica Nurse Ratchet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch actually the saw him. Uh, I saw him on a tour of Universal Studios. Really? Uh, Sammy Davis Jr., yeah, walking the halls. And, really? You know, he gave us the peace sign. And, oh, love yeah. love you, baby. I saw, guy, man. Yeah. I saw Sammy Davis Jr., me and my buddy of mine were walking around the streets of Beverly Hills, and he gets out of a Rolls Royce going to some fucking restaurant. We go, Sammy! And he's like, Hey man, hey baby, that's hey, what, that's what he did. Yeah. yeah, hey, hey baby. And then I saw him on a Laker game like the same year, and everyone was walking by the box going, "Sammy, Sammy." He couldn't even watch the fucking game. The poor guy, you know, he's just like, "Yeah, right on, right on." Can you imagine? I'm the, the candy that, man. that level of of exposure. To like, how how do you live your life as Sammy Davis Jr.? I mean, what what kind of what kind of uh, good humor does it require of you to be that generous all the time with the public? Well, it'd be a good problem to have. Well, you know, particularly, I mean, if you were in that business, I think drugs like and nightmare. alcohol would help you. I guess right? so. I guess yeah, that would absolutely. help for sure. Yeah, yeah it definitely, it definitely uh, dull the edge. A lot of pot, pot you know. A lot yeah, of yeah, pot, coke. Are you familiar yeah. with what Steve Martin does that with people that approach him? He has autograph seekers or whatever that right. approach him. Yeah. He has a little business card pre-printed up, uh-huh. and oh. it says in block letters, this certifies that you have had a encounter, encounter yeah, yeah, yeah. happenstance with Steve Martin. You know, it's printed all in block right, letters, right. and so he, he just hands, hands that card to them <laughs> in lieu of 
autograph, autograph or, or, or anything. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. Well, yeah. That's brilliant. That's yeah, yeah. Well, this reminds me of a story that Steve tried to burn up on the ride over here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna drag it out of him again. So he was saying how he plays pedal steel, and there's something about pedal steel. He said that causes bullshit singer songwriters to want to approach him and go, "Hey, man, you know, I've got this project I'm working. I'd really love to have pedal steel on it." He said. Of all the people that have, uh, all the f- hundreds of people that have approached me, yeah. not one has ever hired me and then go on. You- well, my, my deal was, yeah, since basically they, th- they are sincere when they approach you. They right. think they have a project right. that they want pedal steel on. <laughs> right. But you know that the chances of them getting anything together are between zero and impossible. Uh, so I politely <laughs> give them a business card and say, yeah, it sounds really fascinating. You know, give me a call. So none of them have called me. <laughs> So it's my, the same business card as Steve Martin, probably. Well, no, my, my <laughs> idea is, is this. I'm going to start selling the business card <laughs> for $1. You, you know, it's like a sign-up fee. It's, like it's a handling charge, kind of like yeah. Ticketmaster or something like that. You know, you, too, can annoy a pedal steel player. So I'll just give you my card. It'll cost you a dollar, and I'd be happy to work with you. If you call me, I'll work with you. Exactly. But you'll never have your shit together enough to call me. But I would have made dramatically more selling the cards for a dollar a piece right, than all the money I didn't make from the wannabe singer-songwriters See, genius, who thought man. they wanted to pedal steel. He's a genius, yeah. man. This is, this is innovation. Look, the music business will not survive without innovation. And, uh, you know, Steve Spitz may be the, the key to that. I don't know. Well, you know, the, the pedal steel, uh, one great thing about it, it's the perfect instrument for somebody who doesn't want to be in the band. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, Renee will really appreciate that. You know, it's like the band is the cake. You are the icing. Right. You know, cake's pretty cool. You know, somebody gives you a piece of cake. It's pretty good. Yeah. But right. cake with icing. Oh, wow. That, that's, that's, now, now that's yeah. really special. And you can still sell cake. People will buy cake. Right. But Without you're the icing. icing right. Right, you know? right. So you don't have to really, as far as I'm concerned, be at the rehearsals or be involved uh, okay. Okay. in anything <laughs> other than embellishing the tune. You don't have to carry it. You just have to show up to the gig. You don't have to know the tune. Right. You know, right. By the no time key or the tune goes around one time, you've, you got you've it. learned yeah, yeah, it, yeah, right, you know, right, and, right. And, you're, and you're in the pocket. So for the guy that uh, doesn't want to get too involved, that's that's the perfect hit and run. Right, right, know, right. Kind of uh, yeah, I had, kind this, of I had this conversation with this. I was in uh, Denver. I actually played in Boulder this, this weekend this, with the Iguanas, and this old friend of the Iguanas like pre-iguanas, those guys know this bass player um, from Denver, and he came out to our gig, and he's a great guy. And he was, uh, I was telling him a story about how I, was, I had this gig with this new guy, and I had all these charts. And the guy goes, well, you really, you need all those charts? And I was like, well, like all these songs sound exactly the same, but they're not the same, so yeah, I kind of need... And he goes, and the guy goes... I'm telling the story. So the guy goes, I think you got it, man. I was like, and the bass player goes, yeah, you, it's a, you think I got it because I have the chart, so I know what happens. <laughs> and I said, yes, exactly. And he goes, no, I get it, this bass player I'm talking to. And I said, look, all you guitar players, I get it. Here's what you do. You wait until the bass player plays the note, then you do something cool based on the note he, that he plays. But I gotta play the fucking note, and then the bass player's cracking. I was like, "Yeah," because I gotta. It's like I, I, I. <laughs> if I the only bass have... player stumbles, you notice. Yeah. I, if I the guitar have... player doesn't have his starburst of noise at a certain moment, it's notice. fine. He's, right, just, he's right. just picking his spots. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I gotta on the downbeat. I gotta play a note, and I gotta play the right note, or I'm an asshole. 
and everybody knows it, especially in, in roots music, where it's, where it's, you know, there's only a few notes to choose from, but it's got to be the right one, for Christ's sake. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, that was fun. You know, <laughs> commiserate with somebody, you know, get some backup, and as, you know, this guy's going, this is someone I, I have great respect for. So I just got back from Vegas. Yeah. In all honesty, yeah. Okay. Boy, is your cock huge? No, it's enormous. I can't believe it. Man, it's a it's, larceny that you pulled off in Vegas. It's almost right? like they they would want to hook up an industrial vacuum to your wallet, you know, <laughs> before you're even off of the airplane, uh, you know, when you land in Vegas. Were you playing there? Or you just no, I was there? actually there on business. I was, oh. Uh, I was hosting a you cadaver cards. lab. You were cutting cadaver cards? Cadaver lab. Yes. Oh, oh my go God. Go on. Okay, oh, now, please, you, now, yes. now I'm intrigued. I can't think of anything else. Please. Yeah, it, it was please. actually a lot of work. So there was 60 oh, spine. They always are. Yeah, don't, don't rub it in. 60 spine fellows. And they're spine training. Spine fellows? Yeah, so a fellow, oh, after you become a doctor and you've done your residency, okay. if you want to specialize, you do a fellowship. Right. So they're already doctors. Right. They can go into private practice, sure. but they want to specialize in like complex spinal deformity correction. Right, because so they're, they, they're um, status. Pretty much, okay. yeah. They're, 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 uh, I'm kidding. They're unbalanced. I'm, I'm being uh, so flip. anyways, you have these... I mean, how do you learn? How do you learn to do that? Practice. Well, you have to practice on something. Right. So what do you practice well, on? Well, most doctors that I know just practice on their patients. You know? Yeah. And, you well, know? that's one way to do it. But I think the guy <laughs> that uh, works on you or me or the next guy, I hope he did a couple of practice runs at the cadaver lab. Yeah, but, but, but uh, you know, what are the chances of that? So yeah, is right. this at Caesars? It was close to Caesars. Okay. It was very near Caesars. The cadaver lab at Caesars. That's my favorite, man. <laughs> I yeah. love the cadaver buffet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot of work and uh, the cadavers work the lounge only. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it kind of not the big room. A little bit morbid. But yeah, that's no, how these like guys it. learn to do what right? they do. So so this was uh it was fifty of them? Sixty of them. Sixty. Yes. Now how yeah. many cadavers does do, does it require for sixty uh, fellows? Uh, there, were, there, there were fifteen stations. So this they would. Is, this they is would, getting complex yeah. math already, man. I'm not sure. They, they would rotate through, and okay. you know, they would uh, do the anterior cervical, then the posterior cervical, and then you'd flip them, and they do anterior lumbar and posterior lumbar. Wow! So you can really get a lot of mileage yeah, out still, of these. Steps, you can still right? gamble during the whole time. Absolutely. They have tables going on. Well, it's Steve, Vegas, baby. Steve's, Steve's <laughs> yeah. taking Steve's taking odds on on the you know different tables. Like so how, are these how is this basically gonna... just the, the poor uh, loser bums that they make a cadaver? Well, actually, you know, some of them had a pretty, uh, you know, I, 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 I uh, don't know if I want to totally go there because I try to respect the, yeah, yeah, those sure. who have dedicated Absolutely. You know, their remains Absolutely. Yeah, to, to, be to medical science. Yeah, we're nothing you know. if not respectful here on the Troubled yeah. Man podcast. Yeah, I mean, we're troubled. Uh, speak Anyways, for some of these folks look like they troubled. might have been pretty troubled <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, yeah. when they were with it. Yeah. Uh, so sure. we'll, we'll just leave it at that. But right. uh, they have to practice on something. It was a lot of work. And it was uh, a you pretty keep saying that. It's a lot of work. Steve, look, it's all a lot of work. Yeah, but it's more work than usual. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. So you're, uh, you know, you're passing them all the instruments and the implants. Oh, There's, you're actually, you're, you're not you're working it. setting yeah. it up. You're actually. Yeah, being, you're part of the procedure. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're a combination of the sales rep, what I do for a living. Right. And of the surgical Technician that the you person used that to pass, do that I used to do right. that passes the instruments. Well, fuck, yeah, that's yeah, a lot of work. It was that's a lot of work. Two people's work. Yeah, it was it was multiple people's and 
it was a shitload of work. But you know what the hell? Everybody does something Vegas, for a living. So, yeah, you, know, you weren't sucking dicks. So no, that's, that, that first put, time for everything. That's how I got the job. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> but damn, that Vegas is expensive, man. Yeah, no, hey, Vegas is out of control. They, they, they used to give stuff away in Vegas. Then no, you know no, they, they no, talk no, about this no. at the end of Casino. You know the yeah. bean counters took over, and suddenly they wanted to charge for everything. They want to make money at the gift shop. They want yeah. to make money at the buffet. Yeah. And then the clientele didn't have to wear suits or ties anymore. And all yeah, these, yeah, all they, these they people. wear flip flops yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, stretch yeah, yeah, pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I remember as a kid growing up in LA, like two weekends out of the year, and especially in the seventies and early eighties, when I still needed like an older sister, or brother, or a babysitter to watch me, uh, my parents would go to Vegas for a weekend, and I would see my dad pulling out this wardrobe. I'd yeah. never seen before the really? other 50 weeks of the year. It's the Vegas, yeah. the Vegas, Vegas wardrobe. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> damn. And my mom would be pulling out this stuff and getting her hair all done. Nice. And they used to dress that way. The casino. Remember right, the casino? right. It was yeah. class, baby. Yeah, it was class. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. when people had self-respect. Yeah. Well, I went there in the 60s as a kid on one of my multiple illegal family vacations. Right, your grifter. Yeah. Grifter vacation. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And we, we saw... Uh, Jimmy Durante. Oh, we man. saw the Supremes. Jesus no stop Christ. in the name of love. Fucking uh, right, man. In those the days, the Supreme. Desert Inn, Jesus. the Sands. And I was like six, seven, eight years old. Uh, God damn, man. But Glory it was Vegas, days. baby. Milton Berle. Oh, fucking saw right. Him, yeah, you know, I remember all, like, all the shows. My Jeez, aunt and uncle, man. there was a few times in the early, in the 70s where I got to go with the family to Vegas. And, we, and we'd go to Circus Circus and stuff. That's where the kids could go and do stuff. But I remember seeing... Um, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. with the family and seeing Rickles like I don't know how many times you, you saw you saw Sammy's act yeah. with the family yeah God man yeah. I'm so deprived I didn't yeah, do we shit saw, man and, 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 and yeah well because we live you know was growing up in L A you live three close. hours it's three close. and a half yeah, hours yeah, yeah, away from close. Vegas yeah we were like, 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 Biloxi yeah, yeah, yeah there was just times where like where my parents and who like to go with my aunt and uncle to Vegas. It's like they'd say, oh, let's take the kids with us. They could just hang out by the pool all day, right? You know, and, and give them a few, you know, give them a couple dollars. They could buy a hot dog or popcorn and give them the key to the room. They'd go to the room and all that. And we, they'd go off gambling. They would just go off for, yep. I mean, hours yeah. on it. I mean, they, we'd <laughs> see them for hours. The funniest time was when uh, I was in the room with my little sister and I think my cousin and my dad, who. Thought he was a good gambler, and but he, you know, he was just basically like most of us. Just thought, we thought we'd get lucky, you know. Sure, sure, sure. You know? But he just like burst into the room looking for my mom, who was by the pool or she was out somewhere at a slot machine. Right. Burst into the room. He's like, he's like, he's like got five thousand dollars in his hand. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and I'm like eight years old. I'm like, ah. I thought he was going to attack me or right, something, right, but he was right. like having a heart attack. Sure, and just, sure. And basically, what happened was my dad had like left my mom at a slot machine and said, I'm going to go get some lunch. So he went to the coffee shop at the fucking Union Plaza downtown and never played Keno in his life. And the waitress goes, well, you're waiting for your food. You want to play? Here's a Keno card. card. Uh, he gave the waitress like five bucks. Comes back with like, you know, I think it was like close to four grand. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and he was just like, uh, he didn't eat his lunch. He like threw up his breakfast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he, he just burst so in the, shock. Yeah, he yeah. Burst hey, no the time room. like a good time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and then he gave it all back. I wish I could say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. He wasn't that, he no, wasn't no, that no, degenerate. No no no, 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 no. That was years later. He, he sold his son. 
No. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I like to throw some, uh, some, some pearls of wisdom out to the troubled nation. Just like, uh, you know, Steve, just to recap some of my pearls of wisdom, I would say uh, don't get um, temper foam shoe inserts. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, while this. they're comfortable to walk on, they, uh, they, once you sit down, they swell back up and makes your shoes tight. Oh, so now you that, tell me. That kind yeah. of, uh, now I tell you, I know. So here's a, here's a, a familial bit of, of uh, advice that came to me through my band. So here it is, Trouble Nation. When you're driving a car, only back up as far as you need to to do whatever it is you're trying to do. You know, you don't have to get totally straight. You know, if you, can, if you just clear the car in front of you, that's as far as you should back up because backing up is the time when you have the greatest chance of having an accident because you can't see what's happening. It's a... Uh, it's, uh, you You're talking like a tour van, like a tour well, van. Just a car, just, just any, a car, any vehicle. Yeah. Okay. Don't back up any farther than you need to. Okay. I, when I, I, I was told that by my bandmate, and he said, yeah, my father taught me that. I was like, that's brilliant advice. I immediately pass it on to my wife, my children, everyone that would listen. Trouble Don't Nation. back up. Don't well, that's back gold. up any farther. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm really going on a limb here. <laughs> so do not back up. <laughs> do not back up any farther than you need to to accomplish what you're trying to do. Okay. All right, so that's, yeah, that's, a, that's you know, good, good long advice. Short of, yeah, it's a okay. pearls of wisdom, as I'm and, saying. And, you know. and here's another uh, wisdom for don't get high on your own supply. Yes, that's, that's the a, number one rule. <laughs> number uh, one rule. Now you tell me. <laughs> actually, Steve, you, you actually told me stories about when we used to uh, hang around with a hair cutter. Okay. All right. Guilty as charged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I have a really good memory. <laughs> You want to tell one of those short stories? How you know you you were trying to trying to become a, your own man and uh, you know trying to trying to establish your yourself <laughs> uh, outside of your parents' home and and maybe someone gave you a uh, a way out. Yeah, for some reason uh, when I was a, a, a probably high school age, uh, you know, is, typical, we're going to close on the story. Right, okay? typical so make it adolescent, uh, you know, sort of thing. I wasn't getting along too well at home. I can't imagine. Yeah, I know. I'm as surprised as yeah, you no, are. Yeah, I know. It's a So I made friends with uh, this guy who was a criminal hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Apparently. Hairdresser underground. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Apparently, uh, he was cutting my older sister's hair, and they thought he was the bee's knees. And he was super cool. Yeah. He was a very handsome yeah. Latin guy. Right. Sure. And uh, <laughs> he, he befriended me because he was such a loser, probably. He was 10 years older than I and drove a vet and had all kind of girlfriends, and uh, I sounds, ended up... Sounds uh, like a real loser. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so I ended up... Uh, all the girlfriends, yeah. Yeah. I ended up moving in with the guy and out of my parents' home, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it was uh, all the wrong parts of town and all the wrong things that you could imagine, and uh, that pretty much uh, shaped me yeah. into what I am today. Yeah. He, he showed you a whole another name? sign of life. What was his name? His name was Marco. Marco. Yeah, Marco. Oh. Yes. Marco, the criminal hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Marco was working at a hairdresser shop. Did he shave? Shop. Did he give you shaves? Uh, well, it wasn't that kind of days. It was the 70s, man. It was like, you know, oh. blow dry, oh, okay. shampoo, yeah. Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty, you know, shampoo, kind of a thing. The hair dryer so he opened pocket. up his own place and he took all the hairdressers from hairdresser place A and he. Brought them to hairdresser place B that he purchased, and he changed one letter of the name, and he put super glue in the locks, 
on the old place so that when the they guys came to work that day, they couldn't get in. The doors were super glued, and all the hairdressers were working down the street at a new place that was the same name but with one letter oh different. God. I love oh it. God. Yeah, and that's about the cleanest story that I can tell about. Oh. Well, just like all our other guests, I know. we need to do a part two with I, you. I know. Steve. See, we're 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 bringing the heat, people. Yeah. Like, you know, when you do your research that well, yeah, we we don't bring you these milk toast guests. You know, we bring these these people that. As we're having to end the podcast, because they're, they're scraping the chairs and turning the lights off, we're just getting to the good part. So, yeah. you know, we, we like a cliffhanger, right, Steve? Yeah. Absolutely. I'd be more than, I'd be flattered to come back for part yeah, number yeah. two someday. Excellent. Excellent. All right, All right Nation. Well, yeah, so, you know, we like to say on the, on the Troubleman podcast yeah. that uh, trouble never ends. But, the, but str- the struggle continues. The struggle continues. Poor Steve. His parents are in Kansas going, why doesn't Steve call? <laughs> With that, good night.